Welcome to Pageant Planets Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. Today, Jesse Ledoux McMullen, our queen of coaching, and myself, we are covering the life of Fig O'Reilly. We have seen quite the impressive combination of talents and professions hit the Miss Universe stage in the past, but maybe no one as impressive as Fig O'Reilly's resume. Fig is a model pageant queen, engineering, NASA data knot, something we'll explain a bit later, but trust us, it's no simple success. Even Fig had to figure out how those two worlds coincided together, but the one thing's for sure, she was at her best when she embraces them both. Fig grew up in a military family, which we know usually means traveling from one location to another quite often. And while this is true, her heart was always set on returning to California for her summers to enjoy the Berkeley University Math and Science Academy. These summers also allowed Fig to be in the presence of a large group of minority students, which debunk any myth that she had about what kind of nationality could be successful at engineering. This transferred over to her pageant career as Miss Universe Ireland, as she is half Irish and half African-American. She finds pride and joy in being able to be a representative of both cultures. Like any well-rounded pageant queen, Fig is involved with her fair share of philanthropies and charities, especially those related to STEM. And for those that don't know, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. It's an acronym about types of um, careers in that field. And today we will also learn about her affiliation with Girls Who Code, Women in Tech, and Science in Ireland. So what does it take to be a model, data knot, and Miss Universe Ireland, breaking stereotypes all around the world? Let's find out. Fig was born to an Irish father and an African-American mother. They began their life in San Francisco, California, but adopted a wanderlust lifestyle, which many of us are jealous of. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Fig and her five sisters spent their entire lives moving around and living in many locations growing up. The family would still travel back to Ireland and bask in their Irish roots and to visit family. However, Fig's family had to anticipate the comments and glares they would receive as a family of color in the 80s and the 90s, especially in Ireland. People people of color were few and far between at that time. Yeah. And when Fig's father enlisted in the U.S. Army, this became their main reasons for travel. Fig remembers her childhood always feeling freeing and safe, especially living on base camp. From there, she got to experience a completely different lifestyle when her family lived in Germany for three years. The family eventually got to spend some time living in California, which is where Fig, a 15-year-old at that time, first attended the Summer Math and Science Honors Academy at UC Berkeley. Not your typical type of summer activity. Um, I mean, I mean, I was like probably eating dirt at that time, but maybe just me, I'm not sure. Um, that you expect a teenage girl to love. Oh, she was a teenager. I wasn't eating dirt in my teenage years, FYI, just to make that clear. Um, the Fig had an affinity for math and science, so much so that the following year, she went back to the camp on her own. Mm -hmm. And Fig always thought that she would grow up and become a paleontologist, but found her place in STEM in the STEM world throughout these summer camps. The UC Berkeley summer camp allowed Fig to understand what the process of engineering looked like and what kind of experience is required to be in this kind of field of work. By the time she was ready for college, she knew she wanted to attend the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. for systems engineering. Is paleontology the study of dinosaurs? 
I felt like it is. I, I like, only know that because that was Ross Geller's profession and friends. <laughs> I, that actually makes a lot of sense here. I'm going to Google it real quick. But so while it, you're while you're googling, it is. A, so I'm on I'm on TikTok now. I, mm-hmm. I don't have an account. I just scroll and I'm loving it. Um, mm-hmm. un, embarrassingly so. And there's a TikTok trend that's very popular. It's God talking to an angel that said, um, "Did you did you go see the dinosaurs and and make them meteor like I asked?" And he the the person's like the angel's like a meteor and like a meteor and it's like this big like kind of change of like conversation (laughs) and they both start to cry at the end because they realize that god wanted them to be meteor but the angel sent a meteor Uh, meteor. yeah 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 (laughs) dinosaurs are on my mind for some reason anyway so yeah that's a really interesting um profession for for a teenager to want to to want to become i think that's really amazing yeah i i feel like that's um if i'm going to stereotype i mean boys are much more interested in dinosaurs from my experience than girls um, like growing up. So it is kind of an interesting, I mean, even there, and again, this might just be my social circle growing up um, or the kids that's in my life now, but even there, she's like blazing a new trail. So it just seems like she's very comfortable with seeing the world through a different lens and she's able and, and willing to walk towards these unique paths. And to, and to your point, I, I went baby clothes shopping for a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and I did notice there were finally some pink clothes with dinosaurs on them. So I think they are opening up the the gender stereotypes in a new way, at least for this upcoming generation. So good to see. Yeah, which is which is nice. I mean, even I don't know if you knew this, but um, you Wait, know, orig- I just realized that I totally defeated the purpose of gender stereotyping because if they're pink with dinosaurs... Yeah, it's still very much gender stereotypes, but it's fine. We're it's step in the right direction, but keep going. But no, so I was going to say that about pink and blue. I don't know if you knew mm-hmm. this um, in the marketing world. So way back in the day, I might have my dates mixed up, but let's just say it was the twenties. Um, pink was actually the boy color, and blue was the female color. And the reason why is um, pink is a diluted version of red. And red is a very masculine, like dominant, aggressive, like color. And so pink was the boy's color and uh, blue was, I don't remember the reasoning for why the blue was the, the female color, um, but it was something very similar, like the, the practical application of it. But um, it wasn't until marketers got a hold of it and they decided a uh, pink would be a better for female and they started marketing all things in pink for girls that pink was adopted as a female color and that was in like again like 30s or 40s i might have my dates mixed up but if you do some research on it you'd be able to see it and it pops right up nice i mean that's very we we talked about that before maybe on the podcast about color choice um So that's an interesting podcast. If you haven't decided on your wardrobe yet and you're trying to find the right color, we do have a podcast all about the right colors to choose for yourself. And it goes into a lot of detail like that. Yeah. So just look through our archives. You'll find it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this particular program um, at UC Berkeley is a newer program. Oh, I lied. Um, We're talking about Washington, D.C. for systems engineering. That program is a newer branch of engineering that deals with real-world challenges to be solved with operational systems. And this was also one of the first times in her life that she would be able to reside in one location for at least three years. Oh, my gosh. Imagine that's the first time you're somewhere for three years. (sighs) Well, if you don't know anything different, it just is what it is, right? Yeah, sure. But after three years 
of University at the George Washington University, Fig graduated with a Bachelor's of Science in Systems Engineering, and she went on to use her degree to become a director of the NASA Space Ath Challenge and a NASA Datanaut. The term Datanaut is really a fancy word for being a data scientist, Fig described. Overall, a data... A data knot must be someone who enjoys working with numbers, stats, and math, and that is a perfect fit for Fig. And not many young men of Fig's backgrounds automatically know that they can even work for NASA. Fig applied when one of her friends who was currently working in the data knots program suggested she apply during the next application opening. Wow, yeah, and realistically, these uh, data scientists, they're really fascinating. I I was lucky Mm -hmm. enough to sit by Um, It was a group of them. I mean, I was like surrounded all by them on the plane one time and started to dig into what they did. And then they found out about pageant planning, like, oh, my gosh. And they were like freaking out. Like, how cool would it be to see a correlation between like how many girls with red hair has won like Miss Universe and all that, which is there some of the inspiration behind um, our beauty pageant stats. So we have this big article and all these fun facts of like average height of Miss USA's and how many do brunettes win more than girls with black hair or do girls with red hair win more than girls with blonde hair all these is kind of random facts facts about that so they're kind of the inspiration for that mm-hmm. and for some features yet to be created on pageant planet mm-hmm. um, so even before winning Miss Universe Ireland, Fig loved being involved with many charities and organizations related to her field of work. Some of these included the NASA Space Apps Challenge, Girls Who Code, and she is also a member of Women in Tech and Science in Ireland. Fig has also worked remotely out of Dublin, Ireland as a director for Space Apps, who annually hosts a global innovation incubator hackathon each year. Whoa. One of her mm-hmm. most memorable moments was being invited on site for NASA Insight mission march uh, launched to mars the second successful mission out of seven millions would have watched on their televisions at home while fig was in attendance in the california desert now fig enjoys being the young girls bringing young girls on trips to nasa to view these launchings and landings as well fig knew how essential these experiences including her annual science summer camps were to her development and interest in her field of work, and she was blessed to connect with other girls to these opportunities. It was also important for her to show to these girls the importance of representation of women in different fields of work to break through glass ceilings. And that's a huge coaching moment because this story, I want I want the women that are listening to this story is, it's a direct reflection of how essential it is for women and women with diverse backgrounds like figs need to step into positions of leadership. And women in STEM is, for me, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, Stephen, but in the, in the early, in the late 90s, early 2000s, like being the only girl on her town's little league team, baseball team, was like the most groundbreaking thing a girl could do on her resume for pageantry. And now I feel like STEM is that. Like that is the level of trailblazer we've evolved to be in the last 20 years, which is really exciting to see. So if you have a diverse background in your life, whether it's your ethnicity, it's your family history, or if you're just in a career that you don't typically see in pageantry, be a trailblazer, be loud about it, make it part of your brand. It doesn't have to be your platform necessarily, but it should definitely be a part of, of who you are and who you're presenting to the judges. I think we've seen that shift very heavily in, in the mainstream pageants that you see on TV because there's so many more pageants that are 
um, the groundbreaking that are not on TV, but the ones you see on TV are the ones that most of the public knows. They're heading in that direction of storytelling, life experience, qualifications. So if you do have something that's unique in this sense, make sure it's well known that that's part of who you are. Yeah. And it, Sometimes it's hard for, uh, if you do have something that's unique, you feel like you're bragging or you feel like, I don't know, maybe it's not unique because how it happened was just so natural to you. Um, like that's all, that is all natural to, to have those feelings. So this is why it's really important to work with a coach because the coach can see those elements and also see the industry and be like, no, this is absolutely unique. And you should absolutely highlight this in your interview and on your paperwork. Like more people need to know about this. And again, the reason and the power of working with a coach is they can see your life for what it is and they can help you select the parts that's interesting so mm-hmm. yeah if you're a trailblazer like that or you're doing something that's that's different and unique absolutely like people like us want to know about it and people who listen to our podcast absolutely want to know about it too well i i jumped on some sessions for our vip members this past week and there was a contestant that we've had on our vip roster for um, several weeks now. And that was my first time with her and we were doing a mock interview and I was asking questions. And I always say like some girls, some girls give pretty answers, right? They, they satisfy the question. Not a problem. It's a, it's a nice answer. And I want the great answer. I want to pull out of our clients something that makes it unique and special that nobody else can say. I think that's a step that a lot of people miss in their pageant interview prep. And as soon as I challenged her to give me stories alongside every single one of those pretty answers that she was giving me, every single word out of her mouth, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, you're the most interesting person I've ever met. And I would have never have known that if you didn't open up with these specifics and these details. And she's like, you know what? I'd never really been challenged to go there in a pageant interview. I've kind of always thought I shouldn't. And I was like, no, go there. It gives her so much leverage. And I won't say what pageant she's competing because I don't want to give her away, but she's going to win whatever pageant interview that she enters for any system, as long as she's able to open up those, those lines of communication. But as, if you're practicing your, your pageant, like Steven just said, just because it's your story and doesn't sound interesting to you doesn't mean it's not interesting to others. So put it out there, give it a chance. Yeah, and in pageant interview or your job interview, because really pageant interview is a job interview for the spokes model position, like people want to be able to connect with you and they're not able to connect with you if you just tell bland facts or if you just answer the question. You got to have your own flair to it. No one likes to eat food without seasoning. Your story is a seasoning to your answer. So sprinkle that on there and incorporate it throughout so that the judges um, and your future employers, they really feel like they know you. So- that's good. That's really great. Thanks for sharing that, Jesse. Yeah, of course. Um, so back to Fig, her education experience and passion, they're all present to help her launch into a new planet. Wait for it. Pageant planet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a shameless dad joke style plug. So I appreciate everybody, it. Everybody, you're welcome. <laughs> so Fig was Fig was 10 years old when she remembers first watching the Miss Universe pageant, but never really thought much about it until much, much afterwards. Yeah. Plus, when Fig was younger, she fit the categories of nerd and like, sporty, but never really was the girly girl type. And I find that when you're younger, the stereotypes and cliques of people seem so clear and well-defined, but that's merely an illusion. We see more and more of how multifaceted our pageant queens and kings are from a very young age. 
Her first pageant was when she was in college and wanted to join a sorority. She had nothing to lose and so much to gain, so she tried it out. And this was her very first title, Miss Freshman. I love that. And in 2017, Fig competed at Miss District of Columbia, USA, 2018. Here she placed as third runner-up and won the Swimsuit Award. The title ultimately went to Bryce Armstrong. So I'm thinking maybe that's a mistype. I think it might have been Miss District of Columbia for Miss America, not Miss USA. Because I'm trying to think, wasn't Cara McCullough 2018 who went on to win Miss USA? Yes. Doing a super quick Google search. District of Columbia. I don't want to misspeak on her title or her system. Yeah. No, Mr. of Columbia, USA. I'm wrong. Hmm, so okay. Cara must have been 17? Yeah, because they, they play a year ahead. So. Let's see. Let's see what your McCullough. There she is. Cara McCullough, 2017. Got it. So she was the year after. Yeah. Okay. Fair Got enough. It. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. But it was funny when I first read through this, um, gosh, when I was reading through the outline, I thought you know it was it said Bruce Armstrong because I mean the whole astronaut, data knot, all that. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's so in my mind. And, um, but that's about as close as you can get to it in the, the female version. Yeah, definitely. So Vig's next pageant endeavor was Miss Universe Ireland. So she jumped right from that, from District of Columbia, USA to Miss Universe Ireland. And she represented the capital of Ireland, Dublin, and hopes to be the first woman of color to represent Ireland at Miss Universe. Fig spent the majority of her free time running around to get her wardrobe tailored, practicing interview questions nonstop, and asking her family to help take photos of her to remember the experience. 27 women competed for the title in the third edition of Miss Universe Island under Moxie Media Productions, and it happened to be the most diverse group of contestants that the pageant had ever seen. The pageant was hosted by former Miss Indiana um, 2008 and current director of the pageant, Brittany Mason. And I believe that is a typo right there because Brittany Mason was a Miss Indiana USA because I know Brittany and she is amazing. Um, and yeah, so I believe that that is absolutely a typo. Yeah. I think it's so cool that women that like go through the, the universe organization and then end up either competing in different countries or directing in different countries. It just shows an amazing dedication to wanting to see the system succeed on a global scale, not just their home in the U S. So, um, kudos to Brittany for seeing that need. Yeah, and Brittany, I mean, she was you know, Miss Indiana USA and not Miss Indiana. And um, the one of the cool things about Brittany is, I mean, she's leveraged this to be fashion model. And I mean, she's lived in New York and like works full time as not like somebody who models random for just unknown people. I mean, like literally when we we're going in Vegas, I'm like, oh, there's Brittany on a billboard. Got it. And there's like two or three of them. And like, seriously, one of like just an amazing human. And she was part of a group of my favorite pageant that I've, that I've judged. I mean, it was just the most fun experience everywhere. And she's, she's awesome. So yeah, way to go for her for pioneering the Miss Universe Ireland. Cause before she took it over, I don't even think there was, well, no, she took it over from another director. So she didn't start it back from scratch, but it was definitely not what she's turning it in to be now. So moving on to like 
how that falls into place. So the competition scoring for Miss Universe Ireland was very similar to that of Miss Universe. Contestants even had gold capes to wear during swimmer competition, which went much better than what we saw on the Miss Universe 2019 preliminary stage. And I'm not going to spoil our alert, but if you want to watch the YouTube video, go ahead. Miss Universe <laughs> 2019 preliminary swimsuit. Got it. So Fig rocked her natural curly hair and a white and silver fitted sparkly gown during the evening gown competition. The high neck, uh, the neckline of the gown actually made her look similar to Miss USA 2017, Cara McCullough. And ultimately, Fig was crowned as the first biracial woman to win the title of Miss Universe Ireland. And that's a big testament to the country's evolving population because it can be a lot of pressure to spearhead a movement of diversity, but Fig has taken on the challenge with grace. And she also knew she had the potential to inspire the generation of young people to be more accepting and appreciate diversity in leadership roles, especially yeah. in pageantry. Mm -hmm. And the Miss Universe Ireland organization was very flexible to Fig's career and allow her, her the time to prepare for Miss Universe and still complete her work with NASA and philanthropic work. And as a, as a side note here, when, when Fig won this, she received some backlash to, um, in Ireland where people weren't as accepting. And mm -hmm. it's something that just kind of goes hand in glove. If you're pioneering a new path and you look different, uh, whether it's your gender looks different or your race looks different than what people identify as the quote norm, then you're going to experience some of this. And this is just part of the price that you pay of being the first and breaking barriers and breaking stereotypes. And it doesn't make it any more easy to read and to hear, um, but it is part of that process. So like when you break stereotypes um, or racial barriers or anything like that, just keep in mind that you're not alone. And anyone throughout history who has done something similar has experienced something similar. So it's always encouraging to read about the stories of others because it helps give you courage to keep going when you might not feel like you want to. Mm -hmm. And and Fig kept going because she continued to partner with Girls Who Code and the Equals Global partnership to bring science communication programming to thousands of, of young women and girls. So she really took that trailblazer mentality to heart and her platform hashtag empowerment through coding was now going to be the goes going to the biggest pageant state in the world or at the universe rather. Fig was easily deemed one of the contestants with a highly specialized career, and this automatically put her in front of fans' radar for being a finalist at Miss Universe to be held in Atlanta, Georgia that year. Her Celtic Swan national costume represented the story of faith and transformation. Fig was named after the Irish folklore, The Children of Lear, which was shown in her costume by Joey Gallen. She also shredded the preliminary competition with her big natural curly hair and thankfully didn't fall to the curse of the long capes. Oh, the dreaded long capes. Mm -hmm. So Albania, France, Iceland, Croatia, and Portugal were called into the top five for the wild cards and no Ireland. Ugh. Robbed. But as the saying says, different judges, different outcome. And Miss Universe is a highlight on Fig's Instagram, but definitely not the peak of her career. This year alone, with everything that has been going on, Fig has continued to make waves in the world of STEM and in NASA. She started a social media campaign, hashtag reach for the stars to put a spotlight on women and diversity in STEM. Her platform transcends the Miss Universe stage and continues to make an impact on young girls to show them the options and opportunity available to them in STEM. 
She was named Engineers Ireland 2020 Engineers Week National Ambassador and was included in Washington Life Magazine's Innovators and Disruptors Tech 25 list, which names the entrepreneurs leading the charge on national and global innovations. A fig continues to show that modern day beauty queen looks like through her social media at Fig O'Reilly, instead of taking a backseat on issues arising um, around the world, pageant queens are looked to have their opinions expressed. Breaking social barriers doesn't just happen on the stage or in front of the camera. It's happening every day in Fig's life. Applications for the next Miss Universe Ireland are currently open so that Fig may crown her successor. August 1st, 2020 was Fig's Miss Universe Ireland anniversary. Therefore, her reign has been extended a few months due to the pandemic, but we are eager to see who will rise up to the position of the next Miss Universe Ireland. And in, in Fig's own words, we'll wrap up this podcast. She says, the beauty of a woman lies in her power to dream up and manifest the life she wants. It takes courage to take the first step and continue to take steps each day to make dreams of the future a reality. And if you would like to be a featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We'll let you know after you submit if you're scheduled. Thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from the show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.